0: Thanks for tuning in to the Talking Black Art Podcast. I am one half of your hosting duo. My name is Derek Allsweet. Join with me today, as always, on this episode. It's Corey Hunt. This is part three on the film Malcolm X. Listen to this podcast on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, Good Pods. Anywhere. Enjoy. left off with Malcolm just getting out of jail, getting his footing in front of people speaking. He goes and visits some people from his past. So he goes and sees Archie alone in his home in need of medical care. That made me think of just kind of healthcare in general and people who are left behind you know, in, in the system. The thing that also I thought of was um, how we treat the elderly in America and how that can vary from like culture to culture or even race to race. Do you think that's true? I know like a lot of Asian countries are kind of known for, you know, really taking immense care of their elders, whereas Americans, it's just like throwing them in a nursing home. Is there like a black tradition with the elderly that, that comes to mind or it's just everyone's unique?
1: You know that word again, non-monolithic or whatever, so right. there's always these these variances of it, but I guess if you're going to go and generalize, <clears throat> and when it's capable, when they're capable, you know there's always that elder being taken care of in, in the home, black homes not usually being able to afford. Um, health care like as far as being able to put someone in a home that costs money you know what I mean so a lot of time you just got to put grandpa in the garage or whatever or something like that yeah. or in the living room a lot of the time from my era like 80s early 90s type scene is like you come to somebody's house and grandma be in the living room with this with the special bed or whatever and for me personally with my dad my whole thing was always I would never let him go to a home you know that was something me and my brothers and sisters my sister went back and forth about about how we wanted to do it as far as, you know, being able to have a life for yourself and then taking care of them and mm-hmm. that whole balance or whatever. So for me, it was a blessing and an honor to never have to put my father in a convalescent home. But every time I see a scene like that, it definitely brings back the memories of that situation
0: or whatever. And Part of doing this podcast is, for me, is, or for, I mean, for both of us, for, for anyone listening, it's just learning learning the the right vocabulary the right way to ask questions right sure. like you do not represent all oh, black men and one person represents all of anything sure so so when i so i guess if if i ask you questions like that it's like just your personal experience mm-hmm. and then we can always talk about you know society and in, in general as well I mean I guess
1: it's so dynamic
0: you know yeah. in, in that
1: one regard like just so even with that scene it's just a lot to digest you know mm-hmm. when he's just sitting there and he looks like he's had the stroke with the arm hanging and then the the way the the room is taken care of or, or not taken care of it just says a lot you know like and then the dynamic of the fact that he was kind of the man at one point you know what I mean yeah. so he was the man and that kind of hit home for me, you know what I mean? Not that I'm the man, <laughs> but just being in a position right now where I'm really able to take care of myself and everything is yeah. functioning and everything, but then it's like you hit a bump or two in the road or whatever, and then you don't have really f- children or, or family or whatever right. to take care of you. It's interesting how quick you could, any of us, or many of us could slip into that situation.
0: And that scene is kind of about family and it shows that that character, I guess the lifestyle that he chose, the co- to him him. not having a family. Isolated himself.
1: Yeah, or the people, his family that he created, they were all in this cultural dynamic that was unsustainable type thing. You know how Cadillac got strung out on heroin, and then the other
0: buddy died in in sexual intercourse. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, Laura has become a prostitute. This Mm -hmm. is his first, Malcolm's first love. Love. Um, so that's a pretty pretty tragic scene there. Um. Talks
1: to like that shelteredness because she was so sheltered. And when she's growing up, it's like she did have the grandma and everything, like we were saying. But also, she wasn't really exposed enough to learn how to deal with the dynamics of oppression on her community. You know what I mean? So she was in love with a man and he had a drug habit and she just didn't have the mental capacity of how to really deal with that to where, and, and it was spoke, the way they presented it as well, created this, this this vision of like, this is a, a cycle that's all too often of right. how when Malcolm right. is talking to the waitress, like, I mean, that's the, you know, that's the next step in the cycle. She, she knows he's on drugs and she ain't tricking yet, but any minute she will be. And, yeah. and years down the line shows that that's, that's where it ended up.
0: Yeah, very sad. And that—that's a good point about how it felt like Spike was trying to say this is a typical mm-hmm. progression, or a common one, all too common one. Doctor mm-hmm. um, Betty Shabazz is introduced, the elegant, stunning Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. Woo. Uh, I, I saw her name named Doctor Betty Sounders as well. I—I—I I, I don't know. I didn't I catch her either. She changed her name. When I she mean, that's or probably her before, her before. Uh, slave name. I'm, I right. would imagine, and then she changed. And it changed her best. Um, seeing Angela and Denzel on screen together is just like fire. freaking A plus A fire. plus list, dude. I love it. Super far There's a quote: "The building of a new nation begins with the women." Um, we're now getting introduced to the nation of Islam's perspective on a woman's role in society. Mm-hmm. Um, very strict regressive views on women you it's one of the first things you mentioned in the first podcast or one of the reasons why you know you or one of the things that did not appeal to you with the Muslim faith um, they mentioned half the man's age plus seven for the youngest <laughs> women <laughs> date. So have you ever heard weird. that equation? I never have I've heard it a lot I don't know if it came from this movie I've never heard that in yeah. my life. That is a weird equation. Half his age plus seven. So you can only you can you can't you can date twenty six year olds and up, Corey.
1: Hey, I'm not <laughs> upset about it. I mean, if it's what I gotta do, I'll do it for the cause.
0: <laughs> Alright, we're gonna get in the first clip of part two, where Denzel uh there is uh kind of a protest in the street between police officers and uh citizens, uh black citizens, and Uh, One man has been taken into custody, and he's been injured, I think pretty badly, by police officers. And uh, Malcolm is finding out about this. Like I was telling you, I found this to be a pretty uh, modern scene. Mm -hmm. Feels like this could could happen today. Unfortunately,
1: not much has changed in that regard.
0: We demand to see Brother Johnson. Who the hell are you? I'm the minister for Muslim Temple Number Seven. Never heard of you. Where is he? Nobody here by that name. Wait a second.
1: What is your name, fellow? Don't worry
0: about what my name is.
1: Two witnesses saw Brother Johnson brought in here, beat up. Nobody saw him brought out. You didn't hear, Sergeant?
0: Outside. I suggest you look outside that window. We intend to see Brother Johnson. Who the hell are they supposed to be? They're brothers of Brother Johnson. Eddie, let me take a look at that blog. Yeah,
1: we got a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Relief must have put it down. Must have. Yeah, but you can't see him because you ain't his lawyer. No lawyer, no seat. Well, until I'm satisfied that Brother Johnson is receiving
0: proper medical care, nobody will move.
1: Get an ambulance. Now! All right, break it up. You got what you wanted. Now, I'm not satisfied. To the hospital. <laughs>
0: Too much power for one man to have. That scene gets me so high. That's that scene <laughs> makes me feel. <laughs> I just be lost in thought, dude. It's, it's interesting. It's yeah. powerful. Um, a lot to comment on there. Yeah. Uh, we we were uh, talking about hair on the first podcast, um, and you were talking about the Eurocentric look or appealing to that Eurocentric ideal. Um, do you, does that apply? to clothing as well in your mind? Like the fact that they're wearing suits?
1: That is an interesting question. Cause as usual, I'm only speaking for self, but I always found right. it interesting when black folks glorify European uh, designing, or you know, like, like suits and stuff like that. Cause that's not us. And I feel like it's kind of built into, or comes from a lack of, you know, because we come from a culture where we've been divorced And so we're from Africa, most likely, you know, but where in Africa, the the country, the tribe and that those cultures are all mad different. You know, I mean, it's like it's not just like one big melting pot. And so we don't we don't have really much bigger than America Mm -hmm. and we don't have much to pull from on that. And so I guess that kind of leaves us to just, you Mm -hmm. know, the the 20s or whatever the first black folks in America and the way when they were distinguished the way that they looked and they kind of call on that but for me personally even though I don't have an african tribe to call upon african st- afrocentric um stylings in suits have always been more appealing to me than eurocentric mm-hmm. and i felt like this is kind of a call out to how the NOI is is just kind of like a black version of america totally. you know what i mean it's yeah. not really it's not really a a, right. a rectifying it's just a flipping of, of, of sides or whatever it's
0: using that thing that's oppressed you to try to, pr- to be, to, to on the, to be behind
1: the... to be behind the gun instead right. of in front of the gun opposed to t- dismantling the gun
0: uh so a lot of i think what you just said it kind of perfectly explains why black cultured drives fashion so
1: much i think that's interesting uh, perspective as far as like how we've had to the fact that we've had to take things and make them uh, he, 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 enjoyable if it, for lack of a better term you know what i mean from slavery on and then that creates this epigenetic sense of hip-hop you know what i mean because that's what hip-hop is you know what i mean it's just molding of culture black folks that didn't have instruments and, mm-hmm. and this proper musical schooling, or how, if, if you want to say that proper isn't, isn't the term I'd like, mm-hmm. but um, then they were just like, well, we got this, we got these record players, we can just take the samples of music that we don't know how to play just yet, and we can f- collage them together in mm-hmm. our own way or whatever. Same thing with, with fashion as well, where it's mm-hmm. like, we don't know what tribe we're from and our stuff, we'll take this stuff and we'll make it our
0: own type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when i first, when i saw him in the suits there my first thought was oh that is so dope like what if protesters today did that everybody came out in suits lined up on militant but then my next thought was you know what ask you if- the
1: the kid who had seen him who's in this next scene but uh the kid who's who saw the whole thing going down and he was just like it created this sense of activism inside of him mm-hmm. and then the juxtaposed to what it created inside the police officer this that Tell ism of anti-blackness or whatever. I thought that was very powerful and interesting to have those two
0: sides of the coin right next to each other. Too much power for one man, says a man who has too much power. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: While the, the black youth is like, man, I can be somebody. Yeah. And then the cop is like, this dude is too much of yeah. somebody. You know yeah. what I mean? It's interesting.
0: And that's what I'm on with my, my mood toward police today. Just this feeling that they're special. Mm. You guys aren't special. You're not special human beings. You're of equal value to everyone else. And it's like they have these special rights, special powers, special privileges. They want to be treated like they're special. Police are not special. Stop this, dude. Unfortunately, man, I wish they were. The fact of the way that it was
1: created, you know, and if you look into that, the whole the way that it originated in slave patrols and oppression, Of the natives and indigenous peoples as as settlers were spreading out west that's where it originates and just like with slavery a lot of america's greatest sins are never really uh atoned or or even addressed it's just kind of swept up under the rug they'll be like all right we won't do that no more but let's not talk about it either you know i mean instead of actually he, like, if you go through a divorce or anything like that, then there's recti- a rectifying period to, and a counseling period and all these type things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what kind of creates a lot of the dynamics of today as far as the police worship is that we never really, a lot of people don't know what police really are. They just have this idea of cartoons, the sheriff keeping, holding the law and order and it's and it really kind of gets lost which really interesting for me with those people is they're the same people that are like i got to keep my guns from from my second amendment rights because you need a well uh well regulated militia in case the government but it's like bro do you know what part of the government you're (laughs) supposed to be that's the that's the police (laughs) and so it's really interesting no
0: that's the uh, that's the wonderful irony of all those second amendment uh Die hard Is like They're They're gonna side With the government With their guns. <laughs> they they're not have. gonna fight The government They already have Yeah Man, It's
1: wild It's so wild They already have Like as soon as anybody Comes up to quell With dissent I'll, I'll run them over I'll shoot them they need, they need to this They need to that Bro
0: that's the right you were just talking yeah. about we all need and need to exercise people people who love their machine guns don't want them to fight oppression they want them to be oppressors if they can if at they some get point. that opportunity they foaming at the mouth to, de- to develop their militias and kidnap and kill antifa and uh uh-huh. or the BLM. libs or blm
1: man that's a oh, new yeah. one i'm hearing like right. people don't recognize like blm is just anybody who cares about black people it's not some really stringent organizations, and it's just like you just keep seeing these hole-in-the-wall media outlets being like, BLM organizer does this, BLM. It's like, that's just a person mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just spitting. The fact that they care about black people, you're just adding that on to mm-hmm. make it, this acronym seem like something
0: way worse, right. which- It was like making Obamacare a bad thing. He's like, yeah, I care. <laughs> <laughs> if we really get down to the issue with police, It all boils down to guns. It's police using Mm. their guns to kill Mm. people, right? That's really the base of this equation. And in America, we have the most thriving gun culture in the world where people want the streets flooded with guns. I mean, they say they want to protect their homes, but no, they want open carry. They want to be able to go everywhere with them. They want everyone to to have to have one on them all times, essentially, because that's the only way you can have a safe society. I think it's important
1: that we recognize there's diversity in those in those arguments, you know, as far as some people definitely are like gun ho, gun everything for breakfast, dinner and lunch and shoot anything that moves. But there's also people who do want to protect their homes and who do enjoy hunting and whatnot. And so it's a very nuanced conversation that I feel like kind of gets talked over from both ends, you know, because I find myself in the middle agreeing partially with both and disagreeing partially with both but there is no question that american gun culture is beyond beyond logic.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I agree with you by the way. I, I wrote like a 2000-word essay on that exact same thing on what to actually do and what should be allowed or what I think should be allowed and what shouldn't. Um so I agree. Um what what I guess what the point I was trying to make was y- you go to countries where there's kind of strict gun laws. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the police don't even carry guns because they don't, don't have them. to. Yeah. The, the reason the people opining for this insane gun culture, in my opinion, are the ones making police officers' jobs so difficult because mm. they have to worry about guns everywhere and they're worried about being shot by people all the time, so they claim. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if, if you start to work on the gun culture, that will directly affect police culture as well in a positive way, in my opinion. The murders, yes. Right, the murders, right. Yes.
1: Um, but it's it's crazy too because you look at it and the murders, a lot of the murders, large percent of them are illogical. You know, I was just uh, listening to the audiobook version of Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Stranger. He goes into just, you know, the dichotomy of what poli- what policing is, is made to be, what, what the tactics are, right. why. It's it, they're it a certain way as far as like, you know, they thought that if you just patrol an area more than it would affect crime rates, but it doesn't. What you have to do is actually be overly aggressive, you know, and do things like ticket the small things. And while you're ticketing somebody for such a simple thing like changing lanes without turning sin- signals, Sandra Bland, mm-hmm. then you're looking into the car for other little misnomers and little things like uh, they were talking about fast food wrappers and things like that are signals to them that you might be like just red flags that you may be more criminal. And so the more of those little things they see, then the more they drag out the yeah. procedure and try and and investigate you while they're pretending to be your friend type thing. It's a, re- it's a great book.
0: I have a quote written down here. The only thing I like integrated is my coffee. I believe... Malcolm says that. It's mm-hmm. um, another reminder of what you're talking about, how it's uh, fighting fire with fire. So, in this movie, the word Negro is the respectable term for interesting. black men. I thought that was interesting as well. What is your opinion on that word in 2020? To me, it almost feels <laughs> like it's it's a line. Like, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I
1: don't know. People are still doing that. You still have, like, the NAACP, which is, like, colored peoples and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, it's an evolution. And I I interact with um, people who don't get it often. And so over the years, I've come across people who are just like, well, you, one year you guys want us to call you African-American, next is Negro, next is that, next is that. It's like it's because it's a learning process. You know what I mean? We're trying to just figure out when you wipe someone's history out and then you take away their ability to learn and read and so forth. And they have to steal those abilities back. Then it kind of takes a minute for them to figure out exactly what's what and, and kind of get everything cataloged and properly proper get the dialogue and proper perspective and so that's kind of where we're at where we're only what 60 years into having voting rights and things like that and and so the understanding of the proper terminology is coming into position as well as just different people having different feelings about different things where there there are people in the south who fly the confederate flag you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. it just means something different to them whereas most uh, most black people african americans would never do such a thing and think that that's like coonery or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you start talking about uh, personal deci- personal uh, perspective towards I'm I'm black or I'm African American. It runs the gamut for everyone. So me personally, mm-hmm. if this understanding in my life, I prefer black because it signifies that I am fr- um, a descendant of people who were enslaved and had their traditions taken and, and stolen and it doesn't ignore that and it doesn't pretend like no I know I'm I'm from Kings or mm-hmm. whatever that whole uh, mm-hmm. mythology which is understandable but yeah I'm more so on the like direct understanding that I know what I do know is my traditions were stolen and so I am part of the black people who,
0: who were part of that tradition <laughs> you are listening to talking black art brought to you by the all sweet collection podcast network you can check out everything we do with this podcast and others on the network on instagram that's at all sweet collection spelled a h l s w e d e find us on twitter as well wordpress blogs on medium back to the show so uh, malcolm becomes a national minister to elijah muhammad big promotion for him uh, he's assigned to build temples around the country um, I wrote down one million dollar lawsuit there's like a, a scene of the where they're on the front page of the paper I, but I didn't write down who sues who <laughs> I forget yeah I didn't even catch that actually. I think somebody sued the nation of Islam probably Just wanted to mention that that was a thing happening lawsuits uh, as a quote Islam is the only way out of the ghetto yeah, religion has always parried uh, itself as you know. With
1: Christianity, it's just been more like pray for it, and you might you might get all the, all the riches. But even if you don't, you know you you have the Lord's favor, and after this, then you're good. And so then with the Muslims, like how when they were talking to the Christians that were leaving church, then he's like. They they keep selling you on the here and after, but the here and after is here and now. And so that's the difference between the Muslims and Christianity, where the Muslims are like, no, right here, right now, if you believe in the message of Muhammad, then your life is going to be manifested and you're going to live a better life here on earth. Whereas Christians were like, you might be poor and in poverty forever, but after
0: this, as long as you
1: be good to Massa, then you be good in the big house.
0: So it's it's a bigger con, really. Yes, yes, more direct. Get that instant gratification. Malcolm gets engaged and married to uh, Dr. Betty Shabazz.
1: I thought their whole courtship was was awkward for me. You know what I mean? What
0: What did you feel about that? For sure, a little. Well, I think that was intentional. It was like, sure, we're doing this for the greater cause. We're not doing this necessarily because we are soulmates, but like this is like part of something bigger. Like we're joining. Um, forces interesting
1: I actually did not pick up on that yeah. that's that film major shit right there
0: <laughs> wow that was deep and you yeah. know and, and that, that that's like that's exactly what kind of feudal marriages are right it's like the the, the daughter to the king is going to be married to the prince to this other king of this land so we can join powers and kind of I think that was there's a little I bit feel of that like that there. might
1: be an actual dynamic but I didn't really pick up on it from the movie and what I was getting right. from the movie was more so, like, her being the aggressor, for lack of a better term, and, like, she was kind of pursuing him, and he was kind of too busy for relationships or whatever, so I kind of thought that was an interesting dynamic, yeah. and I thought that w- w- was true for, you know, Muslim dynamics, or NOI dynamics, anyway, of that time, for sure, mm-hmm. where it's, like, more
0: on the female to be subservient in and, and yeah. that whole vibe. And she's a doctor, by the way, and it's like she has to agree mm-hmm. now to be, you know, yeah. really lesser than in some ways, you know, there to serve the man. He's accused, uh, Malcolm's accused of being a black supremacist. Uh, you know, I think they're that that just goes, goes back again to uh, kind of fighting white supremacism with black supremacism. Um, what do you think of that phrase? Are there modern phrases that people use, do you think? That are black and like, like, yeah,
1: like, less like reverse racism, but I think in that dynamic, that actually fits because they were black. You know, our, right. our black supremacists, like black nationalism, that whole Marcus Garvey type thing, is yeah. a black supremacist. They their doctrine is totally about the original man and all the others being mutants and inferior and all all this type of stuff. So it's definitely that's mm-hmm. it's factual, but yeah today there's there's less factual less accurate uh phrasings just like yeah reverse racism and they're talking about like systematic racism but what they're really talking about is prejudice you know racial prejudice and -hmm. so i see that thrown around often just the term racism in general gets thrown around a lot in a really negligent manner on both sides you know from people Mm -hmm. who are like who are racist and calling people who are calling them out for their in their problematic behavior racist mm-hmm. and then people who are just learning about racism and are kind of like that you know that old dude who just learned about hip-hop or something he's like yeah you know uh that boom bap and he's saying it right but it's just a little <laughs> something wrong with the cadence or whatever and it's the same thing with kind of people when they get into uh, I had to say the term, but social justice or whatever—it's kind of that's gotten a bad a bad rap. Yeah, social justice, but um, just people who are getting into humanity. For me, it's not about you know right. these all other crazy words. It's just about being a good human being. You know. Yeah, <laughs> not, I'm proudly,
0: I'm proudly into social justice. Another <laughs> uh, quote: They've traded in those white sheets for police uniforms. Mm. Now, there are. I think uh, I think I've heard you speak about this before. I think you may be more knowledgeable on this than me, but um, there are direct connections to the KKK and oh, police departments. Heck yes, uh, heck uh, yes. That start, I, I guess, I suppose, back in the 1800s. Yes. Yeah, so you got the the slave uh, slave patrols. That's like
1: before there even were police. Those mm-hmm. were the those were the police. And then when you create when you switch from slave patrols to modern day metropolitan policing, then the the racists were the police. You know what I mean? Yeah. So po- the KKK and the police were the same. They would wear in the daytime they'd wear police uniforms, and in the nighttime they'd wear KKK uniforms. Yeah. And that's not every cop. Just like not all cops were bad right. or whatever, but. You know, it, it was a large thing, especially in the South. It was just well known that many of the police officers and, and the, the high-ranking police officers right. at that were high-ranking Ku Klux Klan members as well. Um, and I believe that's still true to this day. Like, some people who right. are extremely racist and part of racist groups are
0: uh, patrolling our streets as policemen. Right. Yeah, two things. if if you are a white supremacist the police force is a wonderful place for you <laughs> you get to enact all uh, your your feelings um so i think at the very or i think that it it's a it's a breeding ground for white su- supremacists in some ways you know i don't i don't know what those percentages would be but it's a mechanism
1: of white supremacy yeah you know because the way that policing is set up is just like i said it, it comes from that the residuals of where it comes from haven't been addressed enough and that's why you see the numbers that you see as far as you know black folks being three four times more likely to be arrested and Mm -hmm. and having higher chances of getting longer sentences for the same crimes is because it the racism is baked it's just baked in and so until we just really take a hard look at it then Mm -hmm. whoever is a police officer is a officer of white supremacy unfortunately
0: and it does uh you know, there's something, too. I, there was a, a post we might have seen recently a, some about how, uh, you know, you would... And I don't think it was talking about, like, KKK rallies, but you, you'd you never see, you know, rubber bullets and tear gas or brutality at a KKK function yeah. or, you know, certainly not at a, at a you know, pro-police function. Um, but nope. uh, there's something to that, I think. Very much That's one so. of those, oh, yeah, moments, you know, this, so they it,
1: back right here in uh, Chico, they had the BLM things when the George F- Floyd situation was going on. And then around the corner, you got police tanks and, and, and riot gear and all this stuff. And it's just kids and families trying to say we care. You know, what I mean, <laughs> and they got right. police. Then juxtaposed to earlier today, I believe it was they where they had the police rally down in, in the same area with more aggressive individuals right you know what I mean people who were coming with aggression but they were in support of the police and you see no you don't you don't see the same reaction and the same precautions being taken that shit makes and me sells so so you something it sells you all you need to know if you're if you're uh-huh. interested in knowing good
0: topic Malcolm talks about Martin Luther King a little bit um he mentioned him as a quote um, uh, Uncle Tom, Negro leader, unquote. What do you think about that dynamic between those two? I mean, was there a real kind of beef there? <laughs> is yeah, the, man. It's, did they it, dislike each other. Did Malcolm just dislike his Martin? ideologies? And before, when a large
1: reason why they killed Martin is because he uh, started adopting some of Malcolm's ideologies towards really? his end. Yes, for sure. Interesting. And but during. The time where Malcolm was alive, the ideologies kind of butted heads where Malcolm is any means necessary and he's trying to create a black nation where Malcolm is saying, Let's find common ground. Martin, you mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, Martin is saying, Let's find common ground and work within the system right. to get what we can. And I see validity, validity in both, but I don't see any pragmatism or uh, it being a, a really valid option to create a black nation. You know, there's just re- right. like, w- what are you going to do? You gonna do? Yeah. You're just going to run a bunch of people out Ooh. of
0: this area or something. Wasn't, wasn't, was the nations of Islam's goal to move back to Africa? Am I that, right about that? That is yeah.
1: one. Yeah. NOI and and um, create, yeah, create a black nation. So right. yeah, that's where they wanted the nation to be is right. in
0: Africa. I mean, what 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 an argument, man! What an all time argument between Malcolm and Martin, right there. I think I think Martin won that argument pretty yeah. pretty
1: uh, handily. Right. I mean, people say, well, but they killed him," but you just look at the actual um, enactments. You know, the fact that the Civil Rights Act. Right. You know that. That wouldn't have happened without all of the video of people getting attacked by dogs and sprayed down with water hoses by police. This this is with children. People are like, are you bringing children to a protest? Martin Luther King did and if he didn't, a lot of well-intentioned white folks wouldn't have been equally affected in a in a way that created enough momentum and galvanized the country's desire to say you know what black people deserve human rights Mm -hmm. which which so many other people have benefited
0: from the civil rights act since then yeah and you also look at how the two are depicted in classrooms from kindergarten on right like we are taught about martin like day one you know, that I have a dream speech. Like, one of the first things I remember in, like, a first-grade classroom, you know. Um, Malcolm, not so much taught in elementary schools. No. So, I think that's, that that kind of goes to Malcolm's point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's based on, yeah, the, the white
1: supremacist structure. Especially, start talking about what's being taught from K right. through 12. And especially, if you go back, like, 10 years. You know what I mean? Because things have slightly progressed where it's, like, it's kind of a less uh, consistent thing that you're getting taught Uh, Columbus discovered America and things like that and that's just within the last 10 years but if you go back 20 years and yeah Malcolm is villainized Black Panther is villainized and like these are people who did things that helped not just black people even though a lot of Malcolm's early ideals were NOI racism or or, uh, racial prejudice he his actions in his ability to help uplift the black mind state has helped not just black people, but mm-hmm. America. <laughs>